Hi, everyone. Welcome to Millennium Live. My name is Katie Perry, and today I am joined with a very special guest, one who has been with us before, and we are so happy to welcome back Joe DeSantos, who is the Chief Data and Analytics Officer at Click. Thank you so much for joining us again, Joe. Hey, Katie. Good to be here. For anyone who might not have heard the first podcast with you, can you just tell us about Click and your role there as the Chief Data and Analytics Officer? Sure. Click is a software company that's really focused on analytics. Our mission is to create a data literate universe. We provide the tooling to get people data to the, into their hands and to make sense of it once it's there. We call that active intelligence. The idea is streaming data in real time, putting it into an analytics context and making decisions in real time based on that. So that's what Click is all about. And my role is uh, I am like the chief accountant in an accounting firm. I have to get the data to the people that do all the analytics. And uh, so it's my job to run the uh, analytics infrastructure, the technology. I have a data science group and we make data and analytics for Click. Sounds like a very interesting role. Mm -hmm. So I've heard you talk about the difference between offensive and defensive data strategy. And I'm curious, what does that mean? Can you simplify that for the listeners? This is really quite quite something that I think has changed over the past few years. If you kind of get in a time machine and go back about 10 years, banks started to create the concept of a chief data officer largely on the backs of regulation, the finance controls. You know, so you get you get involved in things like lineage, where did the data come from, and quality controls and critical data elements, and you're just afraid that somebody's going to go to jail all the time. Um, and um, so, you know, lately, what people have been talking about is how does a chief data and analytics officer start to think more about data monetization, about value creation, about doing something that's for the good of the company, as opposed to just thinking defensively all the time. And so, there have been some books uh, that have been published on this topic, and uh, and uh, uh, Davenport and, and, Del- and Delamere came up with this great little construct. They talk about how it's different by industry, you know, because if you think about like in retail, for instance, you know, that, that Amazon experience that you have where people who ordered this bought this too, like they know things about you. They're trying to take advantage of that kind of a, in an offensive way. Whereas in healthcare and banking, you, know, you, you have this kind of like, oh, I'm a little bit worried about HIPAA. I'm a little bit worried about all these compliance and things like that. So anyway, that's what's changing. And so as a result, a lot of us in this industry are really trying to figure out how do you find the right balance? How do you make sure, I mean, no CEO wants to go to jail. That's cool. But at the <laughs> same time, how do we start to really think about data and analytics as being a value driver for the company? With setting up this idea of offensive and defensive defense strategies, how can a CIO or a CDO balance that imperative for speed, but also balancing the threat of risk? Yeah. So so one of the things that we have been trying to think about a lot is we believe very strongly in this idea of self-service. We really, in a data literate workforce, you really want people to be able to go find the data that they need and get to work. Right. And so in order to do that, um, we have a simple way of kind of talking about that, which is kind of standardizing the back end so that you can liberate the front end. And Click is a tool that's really fundamentally about get it on everybody's desktop, create a tenant, spin it up and get everyone kind of cranking on this. What that means is that you need to have have better uh, controls over your data so you know what someone's pulling off the shelf. I, I think we all would agree that we wouldn't want anyone to just go grab your boss's salary or someone's telephone numbers or email addresses that shouldn't have them, right? So the key is how do you actually know what that stuff is? So so the balancing act that we're trying to follow that I think is a model for the enterprises, how do we start to work on creating a catalog of data that is rich and clear, that's secure, so that everyone kind of gets the right data that they need 
and not the data that they're not entitled to. And then all of a sudden, once you have that catalog-centered approach, now all of a sudden you can really create it with a data literate workforce, a self-service environment where people can go and discover and create insights and start to act on those insights. Can you just touch upon this notion between data consumers versus data providers and what's really behind that? What I just described, there's a little bit of friction that gets created in the, in the system, right? So you, uh, as the CDO, are responsible for protecting everybody. We want to make sure that everyone gets the right data. Well, that's, that's kind of tricky and sometimes can be time-consuming and, frankly, a pain in the neck for someone who just wants to get out of the way and get them the data so that they can do their job. And so there's this friction that exists, and we think that the kind of uh, secret sauce behind active intelligence is reducing that friction, right? How do you actually make it so that your catalog has embedded security in it, a really good understanding of that data so you know exactly where it went, how it's going? We just acquired a company called NodeGraph, which helps you with lineage. So where did this data come from? Is it certified? All this kind of stuff. Once you start to have confidence in the ability to do the security, then the consumers can get really happy, right? And, uh, and I kind of think about this, many people think about this as creating a library. Like, wouldn't it be great if you had a catalog that it's a great library? Um, I think you and I might have talked about this before. I actually think about it like stocking the shelves of a pharmacy, right? Like you can't just go into a store and say, can I please have some Oxycontin with a little side of codeine on that, right? <laughs> No, you can't. <laughs> right. But somebody needs to know that. So the act of trying to stock the shelves really becomes a really critical imperative. And the importance of a catalog in that really becomes important. So anyway, we think that, that Click is offering some really innovative things that start to reduce the friction between the data producer and the data consumer. I'm curious, though, with that being said, does that mean that the data governments is at odds with successful predictive AI or I'm sorry, predictive modeling and AI initiatives? Yeah, I, I think too often people think that it is, right? And so the idea is, let's get back to this idea of offensive, uh, offensive analytics. I don't want to be an impediment to anybody doing their job. In fact, uh, to quote Bette Midler, I'd like to be the wind beneath their wings. I may have just dated myself with that little reference there. But the idea is the data, the difference between a person in the 21st century is not the analytics that, that you use. We're all using the, the same algorithm. It's the data. Right? So if you get great tools that help you explore data literally, the difference between success and failure is access to that data. So I view my role as, a, as opposed to being a friction point. How do I tell you what's available? How do I help you find something that you didn't even know was there? How do I make you excited about the, the, the new combination of data that was never been put to before? Right? So is, that, is, is protection part of that? Certainly. Is restriction part of that? Certainly. But fundamentally, if I said I could get you 10 things you didn't even know were there, that's a good trade, right? And especially if it's friction-free and easy. And let's be candid. When you want data, you don't want to talk to a person. You just want to go get it, right? So that's our, our mindset. How do we make it so that those functions aren't at odds with each other? How do we make it so that that data is available whenever you need it, however you need it based on your role, and, and allow you to kind of create connections and insights you didn't even know were there? Mm -hmm. So you've talked about how you have a novel approach to data ops, and I'm just really curious, what does that really imply? For people that aren't necessarily familiar with what data ops is, right? I think if you kind of think about DevOps, DevOps is kind of something that people are starting to wrap their arms around, which is the idea that you really need to have an agile process to be able to go through code development, deploy quickly, understand what's working, what's not working, make adjustments, and really have an agile framework to, to, do, to make agile deployments of code. 
data should be the same way. Analytics should be the same way. So what we believe is, we believe that you should be able to create an analytic, an insight. You should be able to modify that. So that starts, first of all, with your process. You need to have an agile scrum to create an analytic. What is it that we want to know? How do we get the right people together? And then there's a technological part, which is about how do you actually then deploy that analytic very quickly uh, and then build on it and then make changes to your analytics very quickly, right? So we believe that, you know, no analytic lasts forever, that you want to be able to continually look at it. Is it eroding over time? Is it deteriorating in its value? How do you change it? And how do you make that change quickly and pain-free, right? So that's data ops. Data ops is the actual act of both from a functional and technical perspective, promoting that code to, to, to production quickly, measuring the impact, getting it in front of uh, people to, to review what's next and moving at the, at the speed of business to do your analytics. So it really sounds like data ops is a journey and I'm you know, interested to know how would you suggest someone get started on that journey? One of the things that I think people overlook, you know, we talked about this as being part process and part technology. I think people launch directly into kind of operational software, when in fact, you need to start to think about the business engagement and how do you align a team? How do you create a sprint team that's, that's kind of hyper-focused on analytics? So for instance, at Click, when we first launched our SaaS uh, business model, we created an analytics team that specifically focused on this. What do we want to know? What's next? And, and every week we would check back in and do, and do stand-up meetings and really start to develop incremental value propositions, right? That's different than your conventional kind of throw over the wall. I think I want to know what the retention rate is. And then two weeks later, a report shows up, right? So first of all, is getting the business to figure out what they want to focus on and get them to contribute into this analytics journey. Then start to think about this idea of how do we start to package these analytics as smaller deliverable chunks and have, as opposed to having kind of a two week project, have it be one hour project. How can we de deploy something really quickly that adds value and keep building in an iterative fashion and get the business used to that, right? Because I think usually people don't really get too excited about the actual sausage making of analytics, right? But they need to. And that helps them to understand the words that they're using too. Sometimes people start to say things. So one of my favorite things is what's a customer, right? I think we, anybody who works in data has this um, definitional problem with how do you count customers? If you can't do that, how the heck are you going to do anything, right? And so analytics is like that. How along the way do you align on what you mean, get the words straight, and then work iteratively to make sure you can continually deliver at speed some incremental value. How do you make different kinds of data data really available to different kinds of users quickly, like you said, but without compromising risk? I think the key is really having a super granular understanding about what your data is, being able to tag it, and being able to have specific obfuscation policies that are just that are appropriate for that particular kind of person for that user. So think about it, that's complicated, right? That's a full-time job for us. You know, what we start to think about, you know, in the old days, this is actually kind of an important way to think about it. When we were making a warehouse, we would take 10,000 fields and turn it into a table with 50 things. And then we'd figure out of these 50, who can see it? That's not any good anymore. Now you need to know what all those 50,000 are. So how do you start to think about the automation of figuring out how to tag, organize and secure those comments, put them on the shelf and liberate them to a whole bunch of people. So, you know, a click that's fundamentally about real-time streaming and cataloging so that once that data arrives, you can profile it and understand it, tag it, organize it, and make it available to users, you know, in the speed of business right then and there, right? You need to have some automation in that pipeline. Otherwise, you're, you're doomed to failure. 
fail. Joe, this has been such a fascinating discussion. It is always a pleasure having you join us. I just have one final question before I let you go. You know, what imperatives would you leave our audience with to consider as they may move forward in their data journey? The first thing that might sound like a funny thing coming from a software company is this is fundamentally about the business and about business outcomes. And, you know, there's a problem that we data nerds have, which is data officers don't last very long. I think the average tenure is something like two and a half years. And I think that the problem is that we speak too much about metadata and analytics and algorithms, and people want to actually know what the results are. So number one is really get a sense of what those use cases might be that are going to really excite the business. And then the second is to have an engagement model that gets people to be able to be self-service. How do you be able to get all the people together in the right room to talk about the right stuff, what comes next, and develop the skill sets to be agile and self-sufficient? I think those are two themes to kind of continually uh, get in front of people. And if people are looking for ideas on use cases, or what other people are doing that, I would encourage them to come visit the Click Executive Insights Center. We've got really interesting podcasts that have been with, with some real thought leaders around how they're attacking the data analytics space. There are some different pieces around, around how our customers are employing technology to solve different problems. So it's a really great resources for executives for figuring out how to get started on that journey and what other people are doing. Thank you again, Joe. It is always a pleasure having you join us. I know last time I mentioned that hopefully the next time we do this will be in person. So I'll say it again. Hopefully the next time we do this will be in person. But if not, I will chat with you virtually again soon. I hope so. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Millennium Live to listen and learn on life and leadership.